We do have the prison ministry coming up, and um, if you guys could do me a favor, you guys know at the prison Christmas dinner, you can go in if you're not certified. But if you're not certified, the one thing that I, I would ask you to do to help me out, I get about 100 messages a day or more, more than that probably, and I don't mean that in any kind of braggadocious way. I'm just saying I'm human. And one of the worst things I would want to do is to leave somebody out because they've sent me a text while I'm driving on the way somewhere and I've got 30 things going on and I get home and, and, and then somehow I don't put it to paper. And then I get to prison and I'm like, where is Tony? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to put Tony. And then I'll feel really bad. And so what I would like to ask you to do, if you're not certified and you want to go in, if you could please, I'll, I'll have a notebook available. If you'll, if you'll put, we have to have your personal information. If you'll put that down, now if you're a, vo a certified volunteer, you don't need to do this because you're already certified. If you'll put that stuff down, you know, name, address, date of birth, all that stuff, then I, I know it's in a central place and I'll feel better. Is that is that fair? You know, I mean, I'm human and I don't want to mess up and you guys want to go in and not get to go in. It's a powerful thing, so... That's, that's one announcement I would, would add to it. And, 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 and that is 10 times the man of God and preacher I'll ever be. And I always feel mixed feelings about even ministering once because I feel like sometimes that I'm doing you a disservice. But I, I've got to try to obey God. And, um, you know, God's been doing a lot in me and uh, continues to do a lot in me. And he's doing a lot in this body. And so I, I'm, I have just a short word. It really is a short word. I know when preachers say that, people get nervous. And when I say it, you just look at me and say, you're a liar. But, <laughs> but I, 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 really, I really do believe this is a short word because I chose, I, I, the Holy Spirit, I think, wanted it to be short. And, and I tried to listen, and I could have thrown in so many more biblical examples. But I want to, I want to get in the word right away. Talk about something that happened this week. Talk about something God taught me. God teaches me in, in, in my walk in life with people and nature and God's creations. And I know he does that with dad. Um, I, not that it makes me any more holy than anybody else. It's probably just I probably should listen to more preachers. But I listen now to zero preachers. Not because There's great ones out there that I want to listen to. I just haven't had time. But God speaks to me through many ways, through you guys, through people I run in, into contact with, through his word, through study, through meditation, and, and we see things and so many things. And, and, and so God gave me a word about maybe me, maybe where I am, maybe where you are, maybe where we all are, maybe where the ministry is. And so I want to get right into the word, 1 Samuel 22. And uh, uh, once you find it, if you want to stand for the reading of the word, you can. You don't have to. 1 Samuel 22, I'm going to talk about a, through the power, through the Holy Spirit, hopefully his um, blessing today. I'm going to talk about somebody that I talk about a lot and um, sort of around a topic I've talked about a lot, but I've never really talked about, well, maybe, maybe I have, but not in a long time. So 1 Samuel 22, all right? And if you have it and you want to stand, please do so. If you don't, that's okay. I don't want to make it religious. Are you ready? Anybody need more time? Are you good? All right, 1 Samuel 22. So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Soon his brothers and all of his other relatives joined him there. 
Then others began coming in. Men who were in trouble or in debt or who were just discontented until David was the captain of about 400 men. You may be seated. Turn to somebody and say, it ain't over. <laughs> it ain't over. Well, Yogi Berra said, it ain't over till it's over. Many times I've preached about many animals, uh, lions and bears and war dogs and things. And last week, uh, you know, God's been doing some awesome things in my family. And, you know, honestly, we needed some healing and, and God's been providing that. And so I was trying to be a good husband and um, supportive. And my wife wanted, we, we took a little R&R just to rest and just kind of re recover and uh, physically, spiritually, be away from stress. And i here to tell you people, it, it works. <laughs> I mean, stress will kill you. <laughs> I mean, it'll mess up your digestive system. It'll mess up your sleep patterns. It'll mess up everything about you. And if you can find some way spiritually or otherwise, preferably through the Word of God, if you can find some way to limit your stress intake, you're going to live better, I promise. You're going to feel better, I promise. And so she had this idea, and she wanted to go to this thing. And I believe as a husband, it's kind of like a relationship. I tell Jake that sometimes. I teach him that. When we go places, you know, you get to go to your NBA game, but we might have to take Val shopping sometime. It's kind of a trade-off, right? Or, or whatever it is. It's not necessarily, I don't mean to paint her just as a shopper, but whatever that the, 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 the somebody else wants to do, right? In a relationship, you know, your, your spouse may not enjoy going to an NBA game, but she probably goes to support you, but maybe it'd be a good idea if you do something with her in exchange for that. Not in exchange, but... So she had this idea that it'd be really distressing and awesome to go to a butterfly sanctuary. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, doesn't float my boat, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. You know, I mean, they're bugs, you know? I mean, that's cool. <laughs> I... I we, we did see some other bigger, stronger, powerful animals on a different day that I really liked, you know, and I was really excited about going to see and stuff like that. But I did it to support my wife. And so we go in and I just act like, it, I mean, I'm not telling her that this kind of stuff. She's just here for the first time. She's probably like, oh. But, you know, I was just, well, I just, yeah, this is great. You know, and inside I'm thinking, I hope it's about 30 minutes, you know. And we, we walk in the door, and, and, and it's like this big net outdoors, and there's tropical flowers and flamingos, and there's thousands of butter. I mean, they're all over the place. It's kind of creeping away because they're touching you all the time. But I walk in, and I hear the squeal of a 10-year-old girl. Now, we're, there were 10-year-old girls there, but I'm talking about my wife. <laughs> She was 10 again. And, and her face lit up. Oh, and there's so much stress in life, and sometimes it makes you just not. And it was gone. I mean, I promise you, God did more healing in, a, in an hour than, than, than you would imagine. 
And not, not that I'm like the kind of guy that, that changed myself to trees. That's just not my thing. I'm not, you know, like I eat meat. I, I, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, I like meat. I, I, I love when some, I don't really shoot deers because I don't like to stay, sit out in deer stands in 20 degree weather. But if you shoot one and want to bring me Bambi, I will barbecue that thing up. I, I'm not like this. But I'm telling you there was something powerful that happened in there. Because she went back to being a child for just a few minutes and had a childlike wonderment. She had wonderment in her eyes. And she was going around with the biggest smile, no wrinkles, no stress marks, no looking at the phone, just wonderment. And there was thousands of colored butterflies. And I never knew they were so cool. <laughs> and, 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 and so... I learned a little bit. I mean, I know I knew a little bit. I thought I did. I was probably bit more focused in history than science. But I, I discovered some things about butterflies that are really cool. Um, they, they, they have four stages of life. And, and some of you know some of this, but some of it you, you won't know or you probably won't know. The first stage is called an egg. And, and that's when the little thing, it, it, for a typical butterfly, it's four to six days as an egg. And that thing is when you can tell if you're a scientist, if you know what you're doing, you can look at that thing and you can see the potential in that thing. You see, a scientist can look and say, that's going to be a monarch butterfly. Or, or that's going to be this such and such butterfly. In other words, it is identified and set aside as something that it will later become, but it is not yet in that state of being. It's an egg. Not very useful, just an egg. And then something happens, it hatches, and it becomes a caterpillar. I didn't learn, I learned some things about that. Did you know a caterpillar only lives about two to three weeks as a caterpillar? <laughs> They're not very old. I'll tell you something else scientists will tell you that I didn't know. Most insects are kind of almost, their brains are so small, they're just flittering around, you know. But did you know a caterpillar and a butterfly had the capacity, I don't know how they measure this. I don't know if they talk to the thing. I don't know if they... <laughs> I don't know how they know, but apparently I, I, they have memory. They have the capacity to remember. They remember where they've been, and they remember if they've lit on you before. If you swat one, it knows you're a swatter. <laughs> like the butterfly. Caterpillars and butterflies have memory, and that blew my mind because they're little brains. <laughs> and I also learned this. Caterpillars have one function. One function. They are a zero gain on the, on the ecosystem. They, that means they don't add anything to the ecosystem. They add nothing. Other than being bird food, there's no addition. Now, their waste, I hate to be scientific and, and get all of that way about it, but their waste does fertilize, but it only fertilizes as much as the leaves they eat, so it's a zero gain. They eat a leaf. They put some waste, it grows a leaf back, but there's no gain. It's zero sum. I mean, it's flat. They don't help anything. Their only purpose is to eat 24-7. That's all they do. They eat 24-7. Eaters eat. They grub down. <laughs> they eat 24-7. They've got one purpose, to become a butterfly. That is their only purpose. They don't. They serve no other purpose on earth. Scientists can find nothing else they add to the world 
except being bird food. And who wants to be your only purpose to be bird food? They have one purpose. Eat enough. <laughs> Eat enough for the change that's getting ready to happen. Because a butterfly has an incredible purpose that you may not have heard of. And, and so then after this butterfly eats and he gets so big, he does something pretty cool. You guys know what it is. I always called it as a kid a cocoon. It's not a cocoon. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Cocoons are moth. Butterflies don't make cocoons. They make, and, and I, I, see, I'm dumb. I mean, I didn't know all this stuff. Thank goodness my wife likes butterflies. They, they, they make a chrysalis, right? That's the word. And some of you kids probably, you, did you ever heard of a chrysalis? You have, okay? See, so you're smarter than me. They didn't teach us. When I was in school, they just, you know, and I did have my dad in the fourth grade for science, I think, so. <laughs> He's a good teacher, though. But see, I predated the snakes and the lizards and all that stuff. I didn't get all that cool stuff. So they become a chrysalis. And, and a chrysalis, this butterfly wraps itself up in this thing, this caterpillar. It's a caterpillar. He goes into this thing as a caterpillar. And, and for five to 15 days, this butterfly, this caterpillar, struggles immensely. He is wrapped so tight and his body starts to change. And what he does, he literally has to eat half his own flesh. He has to waste away to the point where he almost starts. He eats away his body so that only very little of him is left. Did you know a butterfly is less than 50% of the size of a caterpillar? Did you know that? You see those big wings, you think they're bigger. No, 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 no. Caterpillars are fat. Butterflies' bodies little, little thin wings. 50% of the size of the caterpillar it went in as. It's hard changing from a caterpillar to a butterfly. It's a struggle. And, and I wonder, we know that, that caterpillar has memory, according to scientists, whatever. I wonder if that caterpillar sits and thinks, wonder what he thinks about it. Does he have enough insight to know that something good is happening? Or in his mind, is he remembering, crawling around and eating and grubbing all the time how life was good? And in his mind... Is he thinking it's all over? I've said at funerals before. Do caterpillars have funerals over what I used to say was cocoons over the chrysalis? Do the caterpillars gather and say, boy, we're going to miss Bob. He was a good caterpillar because he doesn't look like a caterpillar anymore as he wraps himself up motionless inside eating away as his body starts to take that tissue that once he ate and made the big body and reconstruct part of it is burned away for energy and part of it is made to construct these wings and I heard dad or mom or somebody a few months back talk about the process when it's time to break out the breaking out serves a purpose. It strengthens the wings. It pushes against the chrysalis. And then it finally gets those wings out, but it's still awkward. The wings aren't fully developed. He hangs upside down, and all the blood then flows, pulls into the wings, starts to stretch the wings out. 
And then over a few hours, it starts to harden, and then it becomes the butterfly. Butterfly is an amazing animal, and I'll tell you about it in just a minute. And, and get ready to get back to the scripture. I don't want to lose you. But I do want to say this. This is interesting. It has really not about the, what I'm going to talk about is the chrysalis and the butterfly. But I did hear some, I did read some crazy stuff about monarchs I didn't know. Monarch is the king butterfly. It's now endangered. It's a different type of butterfly. It lives longer than other butterflies. Did you know that? Most butterflies live 10 days to 14. Did you know that? <laughs> 10 to 14 days. Now, a monarch's different. And they're, they're a social butterfly. You've heard that term. And, and, and what they do is really crazy because every year it starts over a cycle. And the first generation only lives 10 to 14 days. Did you know that? But then the second generation of this cycle, which is a year, the offspring live a little longer. And then the third generation, the offspring live a little longer. And the fourth generation, they live up to nine months. And then they make that big 3,000-mile migration. And then the cycle starts all over again. Now, here's the kicker. The people that start that migration, not a single butterfly completes it. And they know that going in. <laughs> they know we're going to get a leg down the road. And we're going to have a baby. And then that baby's going to take the next leg. And then we're going to have a baby. A grandbaby. And then that baby's going to take the next leg. And then the great-grandchild will be the one that makes it back all the way to where it all began. That's pretty amazing. It sounds like a church to me. <laughs> I mean, the idea that things are going on in this mountain that unless Jesus comes back, which really is a pretty even bet, honestly. I mean, I think he's, I know he's come back 100%, but I mean, I think soon is a pretty good bet. I think soon is the way I would lean towards that. But if he doesn't in the next 50 years, you know, there's leg, I'm just passing a baton. <laughs> and then other people are going to grab that baton. And then, you know what? They're going to run as hard as they're able to run. And then they're going to pass the baton. And I may not make the whole journey with you, but I, daggone it, I'll be a part of it. And you'll be a part of it. <laughs> so that's cool. You said you educated us on butterflies. I didn't come to church for that. What was this whole scripture about, about David in the cave? Well, I think if we look at David's life, I, and this is why I said I think we can be quick today. You know, I really, Holy Spirit pointed out like six guys I could talk about. And, I, you know, there was a time I probably would have talked about all six of them. You know, we could talk about Moses. We could talk about Joseph. We could talk about Joshua. We could talk about Peter. There's so many guys in the Bible we could talk about as butterflies. But Holy Spirit, I think, wanted me to talk about David. And so that's the only one I'm going to talk about. So I'm not going to be here that long. Okay? We're not going to go through all of them. You can look those up, and you can, Holy Spirit will do some things with you on that. But I think the egg stage of David, now I'm not saying David was an egg. Actually, 
But I'm saying his initial phase where he was just highlighted, where we could see that he had a potential, he was going to be something, but he hadn't become to be that yet, was when he was anointed by Samuel. I mean, here he was, a nobody from nowhere. His daddy didn't even invite him out to see if he was the one. He was, a, he was not even thought well enough by his own dad that he would be even considered a future king. Yet, when Samuel says this, none of these big strong boys don't you have another? I know God didn't send me here for nothing. He said, well, I just got that runt that's out there smelling like sheep. He runs around with sheep all day, a little bit odd. <laughs> Bring him out. <laughs> Bring him out. And he comes out and Samuel anoints him and says, yeah, that's your king. He didn't look like a butterfly. He didn't even look like a caterpillar. He looked like an egg. But Samuel, through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, saw the butterfly. So it became anointing. And then David, you know, as he starts to grow, he's still doing it uh, kind of on the low, on the DL. He's not really shining. He's kind of just a fat worm. Nobody sees. He's eating. He's eating. He's eating. He's eating. He's eating. What is he eating? He's eating relationship with God. He's eating, he's eating time with God. He's singing and writing psalms to God. He's spending time with God. He's learning how to fight. He's learning how to trust God. He's going. He's defeating lions. He's defeating bears. He's he ends up killing a giant. He becomes a giant killer. David became a caterpillar who ate a lot. He was an eater, baby. He was an eater's eat. He grubbed down and he ate his nutrients. And I think that's the time when David was learning. He was taking in nutrition that he would later need. Understand this. David's purpose was to never kill Goliath. It was never to kill lions. It was never to kill bears. That's not his purpose. You can read his purpose in the Word of God. That was something he used to get him further on his purpose. It was part of his journey. It's part of who he was. But his purpose was not to be David the giant killer. His purpose was to be David the king. He had a butterfly inside him. But these experiences, killing giants and killing lions, he's taking in nutrition because the struggle's going to get real. Life gets real, and he had to have some confidence. He had to learn how to fight because there was a fight coming. I'm here to tell you, sometimes you go through stuff, and we wonder, God, why don't you throw me a life preserver? Because God needs you to learn how to swim because he's taking you because you're going to save some drowning people. David needed to learn how to fight. He needed to learn how to have confidence. And so he's that fat caterpillar eating. And everything's great. Kills the giant. He gets to be in the king's household, a servant of Saul. Saul's own son, Jonathan. They got a, I mean, their relationship's so strong. I mean, it is strong. Everything looks good. He's got his own song. When he would come into town, he'd walk into town. This, he's young at this point. He, walk, he would walk into town and people would start singing on the street. He was a celebrity. Before TikTok, he was a celebrity. So much so that we find out later when David's on the run, he goes to another kingdom. And the king there knew the song. And when the king says, no, that's the dude in the song. I don't want him here. Because, I mean, David got to be somebody. He was somebody out where the world could see, not just a smaller number of people, but 
when he killed Goliath, he became catapulted into fam- famedom. He was, so, he was a big deal. But things happened, and that wasn't his destiny. His destiny wasn't to sit by the king forever. His destiny wasn't to kill lions and giants forever. He was made to be a butterfly. And so things happen. I don't want to get into all of it today. It's really not part of the point. But the gist of it was King Saul went through his own personal struggles. The Spirit of the Lord left him, and King Saul became jealous, and other things happened. And Saul became, David then became a wanted man. He wasn't welcome at home anymore. He was too dangerous. He was too dangerous. And, and so then he went and tried to align himself in other countries. They wouldn't take him. He's too dangerous. If this dude comes here, they're all going to follow this dude. <laughs> I mean, there was an insecurity. But I mean, David was so full of his anointing. There was an insecurity of people dealing with David. Not only was there an insecurity that they could be attacked by Saul, but there was an insecurity that they, my own people might choose David over me. And so he didn't have a home. So David did what only he knew to do. He went to a cave and he hid. And his cave became his chrysalis. Now, David didn't say, you know what? I think I want to become a butterfly. I'm going to go in this cave for a while. Don't get it wrong. He went into his cave because he was scared. And he had nowhere else to go. You know where we transform? It's very rarely, very rare that we're mature enough to say, you know what? I want to go and wrestle in the wilderness for a few months. And because I think the man that comes out the other side is going to be stronger. Now, be cool if we did. We run into the cave. We hide into the cave. Because we're scared because we don't know what else to do because we're beat down, beat up and we do all we know to do go and hide and maybe things will get better I wonder even we don't know the answer to this I I doubt the caterpillar even goes into the chrysalis thinking I'm going to be a butterfly it's probably innate in him, probably something starts to happen in him and he probably starts to show up I don't know the answer to that but I doubt they sit and say, I'm ready to eat my own body fat and go down to nothing. Maybe they run into their chrysalis too. And so David goes into this cave and amazing things happen. You see, David at that point might have felt like it's all over. (laughs) My days of jumping and running around on plants and eating all day long and being the most beautiful green caterpillar being the apple of all the other caterpillars' eyes, the ones the male caterpillars want to hang out with and the ones the female caterpillars want to get with. Woo! Right? Ric Flair goes, what? He's got memory. So he's in this thing, going through this transformation, painful, eating himself, hurt, pain, changing, not knowing what's going on, dark, alone, empty, And he remembers what it was like to go on the leaves and eat when he wanted to eat. He's literally starving to death, it feels like. (laughs) Like one of those movies, start eating his own self. Could you imagine? He's so hungry. 
start eating your hand. So that caterpillar, so David's in that cave. He was alone. He had nobody to turn to. He was scared. He couldn't hang around with anybody, his family, his king. He went from a guy they were singing songs about, killing giants, saving. I see those jokers on that battlefield, and this is the repayment I get. I should have just let Goliath stomp every one of them. Maybe. I don't know. I might say that. (laughs) I was loyal to the king. I'm still loyal to the king. Alone in the dark. Sometimes we all find ourselves alone in the dark. And it feels like we're dying on the inside. And I know some of us have been there, but some of us are there right now. Some of us are there right now. And you may not want to tell it, you may not want to admit it, still a caterpillar but you're not something started happening though on the inside of that the cave in the dark that even the caterpillar didn't recognize (laughs) several things happened and you know there's probably books you could write about what happened we'll never know all the things inside David that went on in that cave all we know Is that in that cave, I guarantee you, and I'm going to prove it in a minute. I guarantee he felt like it was over. But guess what? The purpose wasn't on the front side of the cave. He was just eating to transform in the chrysalis. The purpose was on the other side of the cave. On the other side of the chrysalis. And I don't know what you're going through today, but the devil is telling you you're dead, you're used up, you're a dead caterpillar, and you have no purpose. But I'm here to tell you under the authority of the Word of God, it ain't over, that your purpose is on the other side of the chrysalis or cave. We don't know all the things that happened to David on that cave. We know what, ha- what the result was. He became a king. But I'll tell you some things that happened. The word of God said this. said his family. Your family will be there. Now, now I know some of them might not be, you know. I know some got some situations, you know. But his family didn't forget him. They left their home to go climb inside that chrysalis with them. He said, you know what? If you're going to eat your hand, we'll eat our hand too. We're going to do it together. (laughs) Not only his family, but how about 400 other dudes in debt? Bad credit scores. (laughs) Desperate men, discontented men, rejects, outlaws. Well, I I, I just want want the cream of the crop in my church. 
You might get them in your temple, but you won't get them in your cave. You won't get them in your chrysalis, I promise you. You might build a temple, and you might get them, but you won't get them inside your chrysalis. You know what I'm saying? And so these men came, and an amazing thing happened. Inside, when you go through something with people, I'm not saying you're ever above quarreling a little bit. We're human. But when you go through some people who will stick with you when it's dark and it hurts, you'll be loyal to that person. And that person will be loyal to you. That's why that's one of the biggest characters I look for in people. It's loyalty. I don't care if you're talented. I, I, you can ask that. I, I would I, honestly. I don't need a microphone. I don't need a position. I don't need a title. I've been through all that stuff. I'm over it. I don't need it. I'm not saying I'm resigned. I'm just saying that's not what this is about. But what I do like to see is loyalty, and I like to see people that I believe, even if we don't see eye to eye on every single thing. That I, they know that I may not be the friendliest, I may not be the text all the time, I may not be the guy, that kind of guy. But you know in the middle of the night, if you need somebody to come and knock a skull with you, that you can give me a call and I'll be there. And I hope you know that because that's what I'm looking for. I look for loyalty. And I think that's what God looks for. Because that's what David found in that cave. He found loyalty. Loyalty was such a point that those very people that came to him in that chrysalis were the ones that stay with him his entire life despite all the dysfunction. David had mess-ups as a butterfly. I'm here to tell you, he had a lot of problems. There were situations. He was on the run again. I'm not going to get into all that. But you know what? His men stuck with him. And when it came time to pass on the torch to Solomon, Bathsheba's son, who would be the next king, who would be the king, the man who became the man who became the man who became the man who became Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, when it came time, Benaiah, the one who was in that cave, the old lion chaser, was the one that said, I'll make sure it happened. And he did make sure it happened. He was loyal to the end, and so were the rest of them. David was loyal to them, but they were loyal to David. They stuck with him when he messed up. They stuck with him when he fell. They stuck with him when he committed murder. They stuck with him. So David had a group around him, an inner circle that happened because they all got together in the chrysalis. Something else happened. The David that went into that chrysalis was not ready yet to be king. He, 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 he had confidence, but he hadn't learned yet God's will versus his will. When you see the David that showed up to fight Goliath, we look at it all as positive because he did give credit to God. But be honest with you, he's a little bit like Peter. He was a little cocky. So much so, his own brother got mad at him. And we want to look at it and say, well, why is Benaiah such a jerk? But really, it, it is kind of annoying. They're sitting there. They've dedicated their life. They're out there fighting every day, trying to fight every day, getting the courage. They've trained. They're there in harm's way. The, happy Veterans Day, by the way. Happy Veterans For those of you that served our country, I say happy for Veterans Day. You have my respect. You have my respect. In fact, 
If you're a veteran in this crowd, in this room, would you please stand to your feet? I, I, I'm not going to do anything crazy. Thank you. It'd be like me. Thank you for your service. It'd be like me showing up over in the desert and there's a bunch of Marines that have been over there for nine months. They've been starving. They've been dealing with this stuff. Right, Juwan? They've been dealing with this stuff. They're over there. They've been bombed at. They've been shot at. And they're sitting there. And I walk in first day in, fresh recruiting. I say, boys, what are y'all doing? I'll go fight. You know, it makes them want to punch him in the fight. I mean, I know he was confident. But he might have been a little too overconfident on his own capabilities. <laughs> the David in that cave had to learn to put God's will. Twice he had a chance to kill the man who was trying to kill him. Once while, <laughs> anyway, once in an awkward situation and another time of sleep, right? There the man was, the man who was trying to take his life and his family's life. And all David had to do was, is over. I believe, I mean, this is a belief. You know when preachers say, I believe. That's a belief. That's whatever you want to make of it. I believe the David that showed up to fight Goliath would have cut that joker's throat. I believe in that cave. I believe David learned that it's got to be God's time and God's will. And that he was still going to be loyal and he was still going to be able to hold his head high and say, I didn't do nothing wrong. I didn't, I didn't hijack nobody. I didn't gossip on nobody. I didn't throw nobody under no bus. I stood for something. And when God makes it time, God will make it time. David became a man who had to learn the struggle like Christ on the garden. That it's got to be God's will. There's so many times in your life and my life that we're full of gumption and we want to do things. And sometimes that's all, it's always awesome. Hold on to those moments. But there's times you got to eat for a while. And there's times you got to struggle for a while and grow. And you have to trust when God says it's time to sprout your wings sprout and so David learned some things in there David wrote Psalms in there people always point out that Paul wrote so much of the New Testament prison he did much of your book of Psalms written in a cave in a dark place I'm going to read one in just a minute and we're almost done David wrote his greatest praises to God and you know what's cool? They're not all optimistic. I mean, the, the only song book we have biblically is the book of Psalms. We got David's song. That was pretty cool. I liked it, actually. But the book of Psalms talks about how awesome God is. But there's a lot of verses that talks about how low the psalmist is. And he's in need of rescue. Because when you're going through a chrysalis, it can be hard. And so the book of Psalms, much of it was written there. 37, 52, 131, I could go through them. 
I'm going to read one in just a minute. But understand the purpose, again, of the caterpillars to be the caterpillar. Something I didn't tell you about caterpillars. We're almost done. You say, what's the purpose of a a butterfly? Why is it such a big deal? It lives 10 to 14 days. What good could it be? It's pretty. It gave my wife a, ah. Helped her out. And it does that. They're beautiful creatures. I think God puts the beauty on there for a reason. To remind us to shine, even though our time is going to be short. Shine anyway. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Oh, I know society says we got to have the abs and we got to have the muscles and we got to, and that changes over time too. Or we got to have the perfect nose and the eyes and the makeup and the look and the curls. And, and don't get me wrong, I ain't a man to complain about God's beauty or anything like that. But you're all beautiful. God made every butterfly unique. This butterfly is a real butterfly. He's dead. <laughs> and they don't, they don't kill him. This is not some cruel thing. This is at that preserve. When they die naturally, they do this. And you can give money and it supports and it reminds you of the butterfly. And uh, that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Isn't that pretty? And those colors are real, man. I mean, that's in nature. It's beautiful. But I learned some things about butterfly that I want to talk and finish up with. In the 10 to 14 days they live, and then the next 10 to 14 of the next generation, and the next and the next, they are responsible for one-third of the food you eat. One-third of every bite you take. Such that if the butterfly were to go extinct tomorrow, we know that God's in control but the whole world would, the, the ecosystem would crash without the butterfly. In fact, if you're a money guy, the butterfly contributes over $200 billion a year to the world's food economy. $200 billion. The butter, this dude has got Elon Musk beat, and he don't even own Twitter. $200 billion a year. One third of the food you eat would not happen without the pollinization pollination of these little insects that live 10 to 14 days. Faith. And faith to know that I'm going to do my part and pollinate my patch. And faith to know the next generation is going to come along and pollinate the next patch. And I'm going to put I don't got to pollinate every patch. (laughs) I just got to spread my pollen while I got it. While I got my time. The sun don't shine forever, but as long as it shines, we might as well shine together. Business before pleasure. (laughs) P. Heath and the fam who you know do it better. Huh? that. That come out of some memory zone. That's some kind of weird that's some kind of weird thing, you know? I didn't know that. Did you know that? You better spread your pollen while you have the time. So the caterpillar's only purpose is to become the butterfly that's responsible for keeping this planet alive. 
mind-blowing. That little caterpillar just eats all the time. But one day, will turn into something that's going to change the world and feed others around you. So I said David wasn't, we're almost done. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I didn't do six of them. Well, we can do Joshua if you want to. We'll go that next. No. David wasn't meant to be a lion, giant killer or a lion killer. That was something God used. And he used the cave and he used the chrysalis. But he was meant to sprout wings and he was meant to become a king. Not just a king, the king. He was meant to become the king that would unite and make a united nation of God's people. But he was also meant to form a monarchy. Listen to this that's still going on today. He was charged with actually transforming and creating a monarchy where the crown, like the butterfly, will be passed to the next head, to the next head, to the next head, until it reached the last head. And his name is Jesus. He was charged with creating the legacy of the monarch that would become Yeshua, Jesus Christ who wore the crown of David the monarch the butterfly David had a lot of battles and he won a lot of battles and he he messed up some as a butterfly I'm sure butterflies mess up too I saw you flittering over around that moth Whatever, you know what I'm saying. Butterflies aren't perfect. But my, what a difference they make in the world. And maybe, I know for a fact that God needs butterflies. But I also know that God needs you. He does. And what he needs is the the experiences of the caterpillar ate all that food. And he needs the experiences of the crystallis and all that struggle that went on inside it. So that when you get out the other side, so if you're going through something, your purpose isn't back there. The butterfly pollinates until he's done. Your purpose, I don't care how old you are in this room, or I don't care what you've done in this room. I don't care how low you feel in this room or how alone you feel in this room or how betrayed you feel in this room or how unappreciated you feel in this room or how jealous you feel in this room or how whatever you feel in this room, how angry you feel in this room, how bitter you feel in this room, how anxious you feel in this room, how depressed you feel in this room. That situation you're going through right now will not cancel the butterfly you are to become because what God is doing inside your chrysalis, you are becoming a butterfly. You are sprouting your wings and you will sprout your wings. You will sprout your wings. And you may not feel like it sometimes. And you may not understand what's going on. But trust that your wings are coming. Your purpose is coming. Your time is coming. It ain't over. 
Oh, you may be done with being the fat worm, but your wings are coming. I want to read this and we're done. I, I, I want to read, I told you that I wonder how David, how the caterpillar feels in the chrysalis, and I wonder how David felt in the cave. Oh, I'm sure he had total trust in the Lord, and he knew he was going to become a butterfly. This is Psalm 142. The heading says, A Psalm of David regarding his experience in the cave. A Psalm of David. This is right in the Bible. This isn't me putting words on it. Regarding his experience in the cave. A prayer in the chrysalis, in the cocoon. Here we go. We'll read it real quick. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and I tell him all my troubles. When I'm overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what will happen to me. But then I pray to you, O oh Lord. I say you were my place of refuge. You were all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me for you are good to me. David was in a struggle, but he knew who to turn to. <laughs> and God is here for you. And if you know what it's like to pray that kind of prayer, congratulations, you're honest and human. And if you've not prayed it in a few years, maybe you're not so honest with yourself. Because they don't sound like the prayer of the guy that went and killed Goliath who said, a whole army over there, they, a giant, I'll take them. He learned that his strength was in God alone. Your strength is not in your, your strength is not in your sword. Your strength is not in your muscles. God can use those things. Your strength is not in your mind or your voice or your intellect or your ability to preach or your ability to sing or your willingness to be here all the time or your technological knowledge or your social media knowledge or your wealth to tithe. You're not, you're, it's in God alone. That is your strength. God can use those things and some of those things he wants to use. But your strength is in God. Christ, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy, it's in God alone. Not in you. You ain't cool enough, you ain't tough enough, and you ain't holier than nobody else. And neither am I. But I serve a God who rescues me, who cares about me when I'm in the chrysalis. And make sure that when I get out the other side, when I spread my wings, that some people are going to get fed and some stuff's going to start changing. Some stuff needs to change in Appalachia. Some stuff needs to change in America. 
begin with me. So today I say, it ain't over. <laughs> that little fat worm may be dying. I may have to die. Sometimes you go up on a mountain to die. I was there and I thought you were dying. I was confused. Sometimes you have to die to live. <laughs> Sometimes ego got to die. Sometimes pride's got to die. Sometimes your plans have to die. That caterpillar has to die before it will ever change the world and become a butterfly. So if you're in this room and you feel like you're dying, congratulations. God's getting ready to launch you. <laughs> God's getting ready to launch you. Amen. Launch you. When you were plugged in those machines, it was just a cocoon. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I could go on, but I better quit. I better quit. I'm about to get happy. I'm about to, I'm about to test some of y'all's uh, strength of your posterior proportion of your anatomy, as Mr. Barker used to say in school. If anybody ever had Mr. Barker and L.F. Addington, I'm about to do some. Mr. Barker used to threaten the paddling. He said, I'll set to fire the posterior proportion of your anatomy. And he meant he was going to wear your butt out. That's what he meant, all right? That's what he meant. It was just a skillful way of saying it. Could you bow your head with me? Thank you for being patient. I'm in a room full of butterflies. Some of you may not feel that beautiful. Some of you may not feel that useful. Or some of you may feel your best days are behind you. But it ain't over. It's not even really started yet. <laughs> God's got a plan for you. He's going to use you. Trust Him. It's okay to tell Him when you're scared. It's okay not to be the... It's okay not to be Benai all the time or Conan or whoever else. It's okay. Times you may be called on that way. But at times you may be so low that all you know how to do is cry out to God in the dark. <laughs> you know? Do you know? Do you know what lonely feels like? I got news for you. Jesus does because he was here. He remembers how lonely the night can be. He remembers what it's like to be rejected. What it's like to be compared and rejected. What it's like to be hurt. People turn his back on him. Criticize him. Talked about. Beaten down. Crucified. But he spread his arms anyway. Because <laughs> he knew on the other side of that chrysalis, he was meant to fly. <laughs> he changed the world, and he's calling you to change the world. If you're in this room, and you say, Heath, you don't have to give me no title. Call me punk if you want to. I don't really care. Just say, Heath. I know what darkness feels like. I know what loneliness feels like. I know what pain feels like. 
and I feel like I'm going through stuff. I feel like it's, I feel like I'm being tested. I feel like there's stuff. I feel like I'm in a trial. I feel, I feel, I feel this, man. I'm feeling like things are, are coming against me, and I feel alone sometimes. And sometimes in the middle of the night, I know what you're talking about, Heath. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I see your hands. God sees your hands. Keep them up for just a second. I want to encourage you. David felt the same way you did when he wrote the Psalms. Before he would ever become king, he felt the same way you did, way you do. I know what you feel like. I promise you I know. I know I could put up every arm. and I could put up everything right now. I know what you feel like. And I still know time to time. I don't have it all figured out. But I know somebody who does. His name is Jesus. And he's going to let me fly. So I want you to do something really radical. Put both hands up. Now, some of you already do. If you are healthy enough, put both hands up like the butterfly. Hallelujah. I want you right now to receive this word that God is doing a change in your life right now. That the struggle you're going through, that God is turning stuff around. That God is changing things inside your dark place. And nobody sees it. It's just you alone. And you don't even know what's happening. And it feels like you're dying inside. But really what's happening is God is telling you. You receive this word. Is I'm doing a new thing. And new life is coming. Your purpose is coming. Your time is coming. Your wings are coming. This is your day, says the Lord. Receive this blessing. Receive this blessing. Lift them high. Lift them high. Here's what I'm going to do. We're almost done. Keep your hands up. Don't you let the devil talk you out of this right now. He's saying it's over, but it ain't over. He's saying you're born to be a caterpillar and you're dead. But I'm saying wait till you see the butterfly that comes out the other side. Keep your hands up. I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm going to count to three. Keep them up. And when I say the word three, I want to see some butterflies fly. I want you to come to this altar and say like David, the psalmist said, say, God, today change my life, change my viewpoint, and do a work in my life. I'm ready to change my world. I'm ready to change my family. I'm ready to change myself and my attitude. And it starts today as I climb out of my crystal. So are you ready? All the hands up again. One, when I get to this third word, I want it to look like that butterfly sanctuary. Beautiful butterflies just fluttering up to the altar, giving it to Jesus and say, today, God, today, God, I fly. Two, oh, my goodness, my goodness. Oh, just flutter all over. Are you ready? Three, everybody stand.